John, so uh, talking about getting Americans out of Gaza, President Biden said, I want to thank our partners in the region and particularly Qatar. The leader of Hamas lives in Qatar. So why is President Biden thanking them for anything? Oh, geez, Peter. Let's take a step back here and look at this. Jeez, Qatar was... What's going on, everybody? Technical difficulties on the first launch. Hopefully this works. We're going to talk about a few topics. The first one is Tucker Carlson has visited Julian Assange in a UK prison. Is he just visiting as a citizen or a civilian, rather? Or is he about to drop the most important interview of the decade? Because we haven't heard from, uh, from, from Julian Assange in a long time. So Tucker Carlson visiting Julian Assange. We're going to talk about Peter Ducey asking the question, the White House reporter, to a Biden administration about, you know, Qatar and Hamas. And as they're bombing a bunch of people in Gaza and Palestine, some Hamas, many of which are civilians, he's asking the question of why is Biden complimenting Qatar when the Hamas leadership sits there and does cozy TV interviews? It's an interesting question. Then we're going to talk about uh, the Islamophobia hate thing that Kamala Harris is now combating because she's got to combat Islamophobia the same way the Biden administration combated anti-Semitism a few months ago. Are we being played and tricked into big daddy government pretending to solve the problem that they themselves are starting? I think we all know the answer to that, but we'll explore on today's episode of Dream Rare Podcast. Give me a thumbs up. It's the Dream Rare Podcast. Welcome to the show. The way to get the news at the desk or on the road. Let's go. God is great and success in our control. The world is crazy, but we get better from obstacles. What's going on, everybody? God bless you. I am back. We had some technical difficulties. Don't know what happened, but appreciate everybody for being here and give me a thumbs up if it looks good. All right. We're going to get into the three stories of the day because they're all pretty interesting. So the first one, I saw this from the booking director of Tucker Carlson tweeted, stay tuned. Tucker's visiting Julian Assange with Stella Assange, his wife. You don't want to miss this. And Tucker tweeted it himself. He's visiting Belmarsh Prison with Julian Assange's wife. Belmarsh Prison is the United Kingdom prison that Julian Assange has been in for years. Before he was sent to prison in 2015, his organization WikiLeaks played a huge role, whether they admit it or not, in getting information out to the American public and the world public uh, that definitely woke a lot of people up and made a lot of people think twice about different topics. I'm sure the establishment of the world and the globe was not happy about that. And he went from a free citizen to a political prisoner from a political prisoner that was like confined to an Ecuadorian embassy. I think they brought him to the UK, threw him in prison. And nobody's really heard from the guy in a long time. So if Tucker Carlson did get that interview with Julian Assange, it's going to be one of the biggest interviews of the entire decade. I hope he is allowed to even be interviewed. So let's see what happens there. Tucker Carlson is incredibly bold and not much to say about that topic uh, besides what I just said. So let's see if that interview ever drops. Before I get into my main story that I really wanted to talk about, I found this clip of Peter Ducey, probably the best White House reporter, asking a very important question to the Biden administration about Qatar and Hamas, because as the right wing continues to exaggerate and say every Palestinian protest is a Nazi protest and they're all Hamas and you're Hamas and we need to shut down free speech. I'm Dave Rubin. I'm a hypocrite. You know, as everything says this, let's talk about the real Hamas, which apparently is sitting cozy doing TV interviews as Israel bombs Gaza. 
most of which are civilians getting killed. So this is the question that I've been wondering, and I'm glad that Peter Ducey asked it. John, so uh, talking about getting Americans out of Gaza, President Biden said, I want to thank our partners in the region and particularly Qatar. The leader of Hamas lives in Qatar. So why is President Biden thanking them for anything? Oh, geez, Peter. Let's take a step back here and look at this. Jeez, Cutter Peter, was they, uh, they are a terrorist group that killed Americans and kidnapped Americans within the last month. Peter, Cutter has been helpful in getting those Americans out. I'm sure you would agree with me, and everybody at your network would agree, that getting American hostages out is a good thing. And Cutter was a key player in that regard. Cutter has lines of communication with Hamas that almost nobody else has. Now, I'm not saying that we support Hamas. Of course we don't. They're a terrorist organization. And Israel has an absolute right to go after them. Uh, but Qatar has lines of communication that not everybody else has. And it would be irresponsible. In fact, I would expect that you and everybody else in here would be, would be going after me if we weren't doing everything we could and having every possible conversation we can have to get Americans that are held hostage back home with their families. If we weren't doing that, it would be diplomatic malpractice. Before we get to that, I just want to read a comment and then I'm not going to read comments. I don't want to get distracted. Jewel Gold says, BS, it's not civilians getting killed. You are an anti-Semite too. Jewel, no one believes you anymore. The whole world is turning against you and nobody believes you because you constantly lie and exaggerate. So, you know, this idea, it's like, we've never killed a single civilian. Everyone believes us, right? Right? Nobody believes you. What I said is they're targeting Hamas and they even admit that they're killing civilians. I know that they're killing civilians. You know that they're killing civilians. The whole world knows that they're killing civilians. CNN knows that they're killing civilians. They admit that they're killing civilians. And then you're going to sit here and say they're not killing civilians. Nobody believes you. And the fact that you called me an anti-Semite for stating what even Israel gov Israel's government admits in their pursuit to get Hamas and the tunnels and the human shields, how long are you going to lie and exaggerate? No one believes you anymore. And the only thing that you can ever fall back on is accusing someone of hate speech because you hate the truth. Everyone knows you're lying. Stop lying. Uh, let me get into this story real quick because it's fascinating. When it comes to Hamas, apparently they're chilling in Qatar. That's what Peter Ducey said. And I, I was wondering what country they're hiding in because they're doing cozy TV interviews and they're sitting there. And they're talking about what they're going to do. And I'm like, how are they doing television interviews? It reminds me of this Bill Cooper video that I once watched. Bill Cooper uh, was an American quote unquote conspiracy theorist. You know, uh, he wrote the book Behold a Pale Horse. It's one of the more famous books in recent history. And he was talking about bin Laden before 9-11. And what he was saying was, how is CNN interviewing bin Laden, our military and our government and our, you know, everyone's like, we need to find this guy. This was before 9-11. He was saying this. He's like, we're all talking about how we need to find this guy and we need to get this guy. Nobody knows where he is. And, 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 and we and then like mainstream media sitting down doing interviews with him in a random cave. How is CNN finding him for an interview? But we can't find him. So I understand Qatar is not our ally per se, but the Biden administration is thanking Qatar for doing certain things while the leadership of Hamas sits in Qatar and does TV interviews on television saying what they're going to do in a cozy studio and then 
refugee camps and random people are just being bombed into oblivion, although people online will pretend like it's not happening and accuse you of hate speech for saying what everyone already knows, um, you know, in their pursuit to get certain leaders while the top brash leadership apparently is not even in the country. So they're like, leave your houses, everybody. And nobody leaves their houses and the top Hamas leadership just leaves and they don't even live there. They're not even there. And then it's like average people that are suffering. Except if you listen to this lady, then no one's suffering at all. It's just a peace, love and rainbows over there. Um, you know, this is my question as well. Like when it comes to like ISIS and Al Qaeda, we know how terrible they were. But when you look at the American government and what they're doing, they constantly used those groups as leverage to do something they wanted. Like in Syria, we were fighting ISIS, but we were also fighting the government of Syria and the government of Syria was also fighting ISIS. Soleimani, the guy that Trump's administration killed, he was fighting ISIS. You could look that up because they'll say, this is ISIS. And it's like, everything's ISIS. I understand Hamas is terrible. ISIS is terrible. But just saying that everything's exactly the same, if that's the case, then why was Soleimani of Iran fighting ISIS all the time? Something's not adding up. But, you know, at times like this, they don't want you to add things up. They just want you to go along with whatever but anyone tells you or wave a flag or yell at somebody, call them Islamophobic or anti-Semitic or nothing's happening. No one got hurt at all. They'll say, yeah, OK, no one believes that every everyone's admitting, I don't want to get caught up on that comment because it was obnoxious, but everyone's admitting the reason we're doing this is because of the October 7th attack and we are justified to do this and they use human shields and they hide in hospitals and they hide here and they hide here. So in order to get them, sometimes we have to kill civilians in the process. Like they admit that. Everyone knows that. It's not even debatable. No one's denying it. The question is, is it justified? Is it justified to kill hundreds of innocent people or hundreds of people in order to get a few Hamas leaders? And even they're admitting that sometimes you got to just go after them. And that's the discussion is, is it moral? And is it your right to defend yourself? And that's a conversation you could have. Not everyone's going to like it, but I'm not going to stop you. But if you sit here and say, you're an anti-Semite, we've, we've never killed a civilian. It's like, no one believes you. No one. You're losing the public support of everyone everywhere. Not even right-wingers believe you anymore because your talking points are so fake. And then when you get called out, you just cry hate speech and it's really annoying. So stop doing it. But in general, I want to play a clip real quick that apparently made both sides mad of the conversation. I got yelled at by Palestinian activists. I got mad, I got yelled at by Israeli activists. Both sides are pissed off. So I might have I must have told the truth. And what I said is they're using this conflict to essentially push for more big daddy government that's going to save you from the anti-Semitism and Islamophobia that they're helping to cause. The same people that are causing the issue and funding both sides of the war are the ones who are going to save you from hate speech. And both sides want it. They want you to shut down that side. They want you to shut down that side. Both sides are hypocrites. Both sides are being played. And, uh, you know, both sides will yell at you when you point this out. Here's the clip. Unfortunately, tension is rising among diverse citizens all over the world due to the Israel-Palestine conflict. So governments around the world are stepping in to fight Islamophobia and anti-Semitism. Do you trust Kamala Harris to fight and beat Islamophobia? I don't. Do you think it's a good idea for countries to ban pro-Palestine protests? Dave Rubin does, even though he pretty much got famous for his principled stance saying the opposite when it related to him and his friends. But this seems to be the strategy. Divide and conquer, raise tension, 
and exploit both sides of the false paradigm by turning them both into exaggerating hypocrites willing to censor each other, shut down protests, hurl accusations at each other, while both sides would be willing to have big daddy government come in to handle the other side of the debate. People in the UK are getting arrested for complaining about pro-Palestine flags in their neighborhood, and Trump, DeSantis, Nikki Haley, and a large portion of the GOP have already pushed an expanded definition of anti-Semitism through multiple parts of legislation in America to shut down boycotts and more. When tension rises, politicians exploit. Stay safe, my friends, stay reasonable, and try not to become... So I posted that on Instagram, right, and Twitter, and people just started fighting with each other in the comment section, although that was the opposite of what I wanted. But at the same time, it's like, this is what I do. I'm not going to just sit on the sidelines because I don't feel like people being crazy. But I post it, and simply what I'm trying to say, I'm going to say what I said and what I'm trying to say, and then I'll show you more, is... Right now, they are saying that Kamala Harris is going to fight Islamophobia. Do you think Kamala Harris can stop, quote unquote, end quote, start quote, Islamophobia? That's who's going to fight Islamic hate in this world, Kamala Harris? It's a joke. But both sides are jokes. So they use both sides and say, you know, a few months ago, I'll just show you. Biden unveiled a plan in May to tackle the rise in anti-Semitism. Hate will not prevail, said Biden. So the same people that are causing the problems are going to save you from the problems that they're they're causing. Uh, it, it's psychotic. America's completely psychotic. It's like, and you'll look at Dave Rubin and Ben Shapiro. They'll be screeching on their Twitter accounts. Why won't Biden fight anti-Semitism? The rise isn't, Islamo isn't, isn't Islamophobia. It's anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism's on the rise, and they're not helping us. They already passed their little plan to tackle anti-Semitism in May. Dave Rubin and Ben Shapiro, they've already done that. And guess what? It's not working. Do you know why? Because asking Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to fight hate is categorically insane, and they can't do it, and they're never going to be able to. At best, they're just going to pass some stupid speech laws or anti-protest laws and piss people off more or do some stupid virtue signaling that doesn't matter. The government that's causing a lot of the problems cannot solve you from the problems they're causing. And both sides are total hypocrites. They'll run and be like, oh, I'm not an anti-Semite. I'm not an Islamophobe. You should censor the, you should do this to the other side. They're, everybody's a joke, you know? So the government's like, okay, we'll do this. Yesterday, I proved because Anthony Blinken tweet, like, tweeted it, and everybody knows, even Biden says it in his speech, we're funding both sides. America's insane. We're saying, here, Israel, here's money. Here's weapons, whatever we do. I'm sure they have their own stuff, too. But we support you, Israel. Do whatever you have to do to avenge yourself. We don't care what you bomb. Just bomb whatever you want to bomb. It doesn't matter. And then Israel bombs whatever they want to bomb. And then America runs in and goes, oh, my gosh, Palestinians, you look hurt. You look like you need humanitarian aid. Are you okay? Do you guys have electricity and water? We don't want you to die. We're just giving you the, come on. So it's like, we're funding both sides of this thing. Like giving Palestinians aid after we support the people who are bombing them is kind of crazy. And so is the people that are causing the rise in the tension, the Biden administration, the US government that constantly overlooks the root of the problem, that constantly fuels wars and divisive narratives, that constantly themselves are divisive, whether it's vaccinated, unvaccinated. Remember when it was that? Nobody cared about race. If you were unvaccinated, you were subhuman. And if you were vaccinated, it didn't matter if you were Muslim, Jewish, or Christian, you were a good boy. It's like, ah, oh, well, that unvaccinated, vaccinated divide and conquer didn't work. So 
Let's move back to the George W. Bush 2001 Christian and Muslim thing or Zionist versus anti-Zionist. That'll that'll really work. And, uh, you know, and that video that I made must have been good because I had people saying, Anomaly, I knew you were a Zionist. I knew you were pro-Israel. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Palestine. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, Okay. And then you got people like this in the comment section saying, oh, you're just a Palestinian activist in disguise. You're an anti-Semite. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And it's like, my video must have been awesome for both sides to not even know where I stand. And it's not because I'll tell you what I think, but it, it, what I'm trying to say is they're basically using this conflict in which they're fueling the conflict on both sides of the war raising tensions in this in this country purposely as they always do and then once tensions raise they go oh my gosh we have two new problems anti-semitism and islamophobia now kamala harris needs to come save you with her new order of rule and new rule it's like what the hell are you gonna do to fight islamophobia if you want to fight islamophobia try to get us out of the 15 wars that's fueling the tension between the religions you know if you want to stop anti-semitism then do something with your government that makes sense. Stop calling everybody anti-Semites all the time, fueling a war, and then saying things that you're not allowed to disagree unless you're a terrorist. Like that doesn't help tension at all. And to be fair, both sides are acting nuts at each other. Like I posted that saying, you know what? When tensions rise, politicians from Trump to DeSantis to Nikki Haley to Biden, they'll all exploit you in your own way. The Biden administration will tackle anti-Semitism and Islamophobia, a.k.a. not do anything. And the right wing will pass new laws that say it's illegal to protest and boycott Israel. And then they'll say that they're doing it to protect you from domestic terrorism, as if that's not already illegal. And then they'll use the same exaggerations that Dave Rubin is saying. Dave Rubin's calling them all Nazis. Meanwhile, Dave Rubin got famous because left wingers were calling him a Nazi. And he's like, I'm not a Nazi. What are you talking about? I'm I'm just here to do free speech. And they're exaggerating about Dave Rubin and they're lying about Ben Shapiro and they're exaggerating about Ben Shapiro and the left wing's narrative. Well, he said something crazy one time. Someone did something nuts the other time. So that means you should never be able to speak again. And everybody came to their defense. And now they're on the other side of the equation saying, have you heard the chants over there? That means every protest needs to be shut down everywhere. Have you seen this crazy psychopath who got arrested for doing something illegal? That proves that everybody that's protesting is doing something illegal. And the truth is, tensions are absolutely rising. It sucks. I do see weirdos on both sides yelling at each other, acting crazy. But, you know, that's the same logic that the left. It's like, well, you know, Trump supporters are Charlottesville and they're all neo-Nazis and terrorists. And, you know, the January 6th was a terrorist attack and an insurrection. So, you know, maybe we shouldn't really have Trump rallies and we should label them all domestic terrorists and we should investigate them. It's like, yeah, is that what you want to do? That's going to really ease tension in this world, calling 100 million Trump supporters terrorists. That's that's your way of like fighting, you know, divide and conquer. Oh, oh no, we need another Islamophobia rule by Kamala Harris. And in the UK, people are getting arrested for criticizing Palestine flags. And, you know, they're they're complaining about the demographics of their neighborhood. And that's a racist hate crime, apparently, in England. And if you go to France, they're banning pro-Palestine protests. And it's just making people want to protest more. And it's going to create more tension. So, you know, that's the point on that I was trying to make, although I'm getting called both things from both sides over that video, they're going to use your anger and emotion and energy to 
crack down and, and make the police state bigger. And I believe that. And I think we're funding both sides of the conflict. We are. It's it's provable. Um, on that note, I want to talk about that video before I move on. The Cutter one. How are How is the leadership of Hamas just sitting in a TV studio talking about what they're doing as Israel's just bombing wherever to get the Hamas people that they think they're getting, but they're killing whether this lady wants to admit it or not. Hundreds, if not thousands of civilians in the process, and everyone knows that they're doing that, and they even admit that that's happening. They're, they're not doing it purposely. They told people to leave, but people were there, and that happened. But I guess when you dehumanize an entire population, as both sides are doing to each other, you can justify anything. And you see it on both sides that people are dehumanizing them, and they say, no, Anomaly, you don't understand it. Palestine doesn't exist anyway. It never existed. And I'm like, okay, so you want a one-state solution, right? Because it never existed. No, 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 we, we allow them. It's like, bro, we know you want a one-state solution. Everyone knows, you know? It's like, we know that you don't think they exist. They're not real. They're all terrorists. They're all Hamas. And that's, you know, Dave Rubin calls them all Nazis. What do you think he wants to do to the entire population? Dave doesn't look at one person there and think, oh, that's an innocent baby or millions of them were born into this. He's like, no, they're all terrorists and Nazis and disgusting. Who cares? You know, and then you're like, oh, that's what you want to do. And they're like, no, no, no. We want to exist side by side. And it's like I, I, I'm getting the, the, the vibe on both sides of this equation that neither side really wants to coexist with the other side. And they're both willing to dehumanize each other. And it's a really sad situation. But in general, uh, as an American citizen and a taxpayer, Americans, I think a lot of Americans are just tired of funding 50,000 wars. And we're getting in the middle of a bunch of very complicated conflicts that don't seem as winnable or solvable. And all I'm going to say is this before I read a few comments and get to my perspective. I personally don't understand how they're bombing thousands and tens of thousands of people in Gaza to go after Hamas, yet Hamas leadership is sitting in Qatar doing television interviews that are cozy and they look rich and they're just sitting in nice chairs and they got cameras on them. And the Biden administration, which is siding with Israel and giving aid to Palestine, is complimenting Qatar, saying thank you, Qatar. And Peter Ducey correctly asked, I mean, this is, this is really all you need to know. John, so uh, talking about getting Americans out of Gaza, President Biden said, I want to thank our partners in the region and particularly Qatar. The leader of Hamas lives in Qatar. So why is President Biden thanking them for anything? Oh, geez, Peter. Let's take a step back. Oh, geez, Peter. I'm going to smile and look frightened because that's a question you shouldn't be asking, Peter. Because if you ask that question, it kind of makes everything we're saying and doing not make sense. Right, Peter? How dare you think of that, Peter? I mean, that's a good question, Peter, but we're just going to give bombs to these people to kill tens of thousands of people, say we're not doing it, and then we're going to give aid to the people we bombed, and then we're going to thank the country that has the actual leadership of the terrorist group sitting there, and we're going to thank them. But damn it, Peter, why did you think of that smart question that 99% of the public's not thinking of? Because if they thought of it, then nothing we're saying or doing actually even makes sense. John, so uh, talking about getting Americans out of Gaza, President Biden said, I want to thank our partners in the region and particularly Qatar. The leader of Hamas lives in Qatar. So why is President Biden thanking them for anything? Oh, geez, Peter. Let's take a step back here and look at this. Jeez, Qatar Peter, was... They, they are a terrorist group that killed Americans and kidnapped Americans. Why is he smiling? I don't, like, I don't even get like why that's so funny to him. He's just like... 
it's like what what part of that question was like really funny i mi i missed the joke it didn't seem like a joke at all it seemed like a valid question like we're being told that this war is to wipe out this terrorist organization where the leader's sitting in a country doing television interviews that you're complimenting and saying is working with us it's a little weird it's a little weird is it isn't it but you know that's why they want to wind up both sides like a little dolls because then when people are emotional and fighting with each other they don't they don't look at that um i've been reading some interesting stuff on twitter because i do think that and this is just one thing that i'll say like if you're like the woman that was yelling at me and lying about me uh in the comments and you want people to be more pro-israel this is just my suggestion and you know maybe it's not necessary but the I think that Israel seems to be losing the information battle, even though they were winning it for the first few days after the terror attack, because they had all the sympathy, sympathy for obvious reasons. But now they're starting to lose it. And I think I could give you insight to why. And then if you want to gain more support, you got to stop calling everybody anti-Semitic all the time and yelling at your allies. Like, I actually think Israel has the right to exist. That's not necessarily a popular opinion in this world. A lot of people don't think Israel has the right to exist. I actually think you do, but you call me an anti-Semite all the time. So how, like, how is this? You've lost almost all of the left. You've lost more than half of the right. And people that are trying to throw you a bone and actually acknowledge your existence and say that you have a right to defend yourself, you're constantly calling libertarians and conservatives who have America first principles and have First Amendment speech principles in this country, you're constantly calling them anti-Semitic all the time, which is just turning more people not liking what you're saying or not believing you so i don't like i don't understand the strategy is it like to turn the whole world against you and, and not make any sense at all because when i'm listening to the talking points there's psychos on both sides of the equation people are acting crazy yelling at each other being rude absolutely but in my view i've seen a lot of both sides when i listen to the pro-palestine side i don't always agree with what they're saying some of the things i disagree with some of the things i think are propaganda but if I could compare what the pro-Palestine side saying in the pro-Israel side, it seems like the pro-Israel side is being a lot less genuine. And I'm going to give you a few talking points that I've heard that make zero sense and do, do with it what you will. I think if you support Israel and want more people to support them, think about the talking points a little bit more because everybody's getting everybody I'm following that's like pro-Israel is getting ratioed into oblivion. And like their own support base is disagreeing with them completely. And I think I figured out why. Let me go through a few talking points. Like one of them is that a lot of people will say that Palestine never existed, right? And here's the thing. There were maps in the 1900s that had Palestine on it. There were maps that didn't. Some, you know, Britain owned part of the land. And when it came to the Israelis, there was no Israel until Lord Balfour gave the Balfour Declaration to Lord Rothschild. And or Balfour gave the declaration to Lord Rothschild and he gifted the land to Lord Rothschild and said, go create modern day Israel. It's yours now. And the truth is, even everybody admits this. I don't know why so many people on the pro-Israel side don't say this. Um, there were people there, whether you want to call it Palestine or not, people were there and Israelis kind of just came there out of nowhere in that at that time. So if you say no one was there it didn't exist it's like everyone knows you're lying there's a point to be like hey we had it first we're coming to take it back that makes much more sense and that's much more honest like hey we had it thousands of years ago we've been fighting over this region forever britain owned part of it we came to take it back you know 
I could respect that. Whether I agree or not, I respect honesty. It's like, hey, there's a lot of conquest in this world. I'm not drawing the line. It, you know, I get it. That's human history and that's recent history. But a lot of people on the pro-Israel side, they act like that never happened. They're like, oh, no one was there. It didn't exist. We just like we had it for, you know, they they encroached on us. And it's like no one believes that, you know, like your small audience believes that. But like 90 percent of the world's like we know that that's not true. So why are you trying to gaslight us so hard into thinking like no one was there? You didn't take anybody's homes like you were there first and they encroached on you like no one believes that, like, you know, in the modern world. With that being said, if you say that it didn't exist then and it never existed, then it's pretty obvious that you don't think it exists now and you want the land because why wouldn't you want the land from something that doesn't exist? But the same people that are on my Instagram stream saying, oh, you know, it never existed. So I was like, okay, so do you want them all to leave? Because they're trying to like kick them out and then just take the land, right? Like get them out of there, go away. We're going to bomb it and then we're going to steal it. So you want a one state solution, right? And then some of the some of the people will admit, be like, yeah, we want a one state solution. Okay. But then other people be like, no, 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 we want to coexist. How are you going to coexist with a group of people you don't even think exist? You think they're all terrorists. And then, you know, you don't think it ever was a thing. So why would it be a thing now if it never was a thing? Like, I respect people more who say, I want a one state solution. I don't trust them. I want all the land. Like, I, I respect and trust that more than somebody that's like, they, they took it from us and we were here for, you know, we were here and then they can't. It's like, no one believes, like, that. it doesn't even make sense. And then people will say, you know, on the pro-Israel side, they'll say that, you know, why, why don't, why, why doesn't Egypt take them? That proves that they're bad or whatever. Like Egypt won't take them. I don't want America to take Palestinians. I don't hate them, but I don't want America to take millions of Palestinians. The same, you know, Egypt doesn't want millions of Palestinians for the same reason Israel doesn't want pa millions of Palestinians. Why doesn't Israel take millions? Because why would they? You know, why would a different country take in millions of refugees? It's not good for the economy. It's not good for the people there. It's not good for social cohesion. It's not good for, you know, I, I would assume that Egypt's economy is not that great. Taking one to two million illegal refugees from Palestine will cause even more tension in every sort of way, social you, you know, economic, whatever, like that, that doesn't prove anything. It's like, okay, leave your house and we're going to bomb it. And if you don't go to Egypt, that proves you're bad. It's like Egypt doesn't want Palestinians for the same reason Israelis don't want Palestinians. Like no offense, but most of the world doesn't want them, like doesn't want refugees. We've had, there's enough refugees everywhere all the time. Like no one wants that. It doesn't, that doesn't justify it just because it, like, that's like one of the talking points. Well, Egypt doesn't want them. So why, why doesn't Egypt want them? It's like, why doesn't Israel want them? No, like people don't want them. You know, that doesn't prove anything. Like that's a stupid talking point. And then another one is what Tom Cotton continues to say, which is like the dumbest one is, you know, they elected Hamas as their leadership and they voted for them. So they're all in on it. It's like, are we in on Joe Biden? Cause he won. Are we in on Barack Obama? Are we in on the state department and the uniparty? Cause it never changes. We don't even have control over our own country, our own schools. We don't have control over our own military. We don't have control over our own pharmaceutical industry. Both parties routinely terrorize us and steal our money and call us bad people for not injecting ourselves with synthetic MRNA. We can't even control our own country and both sides of the equation don't even believe in elections when they lose. Yet you're going to tell me that a foreign country deserves everything they're getting because they had an election. And that narrative gets even crazier when you realize that the Hamas election was in 2006, which is a, what almost 20 years ago now. And half the 
population of that area is under 18. So not only were they not eligible to vote, they weren't even probably alive when the last election happened. So it's like, that's a stupid talking point. You would think that you would think that Tom Cotton's almost trying to damage Israel and help Palestine with such stupid talking points. Like that does, how do you know, like 95% of the comments are like disagreeing with them because it doesn't make sense. You could be pro-Israel and make sense. It's just Tom Cotton's not making sense. You could support Israel, say they have a right to exist, say they have a right to defend themselves. You can make an argument that they have the right to all the land. You could say really whatever you want in this world, but to say that the people of Gaza deserve it because of a 2006 election when half of them are 18 is idiotic, and it's almost making more people join the other side because nobody trusts you and believes you. And then when someone comes along like myself and is reasonable and I say, hey, you know what? I hear what the Palestinians are saying. I hear what the Israelis are saying. As somebody that's not from either, as an American citizen, here's what I don't like. I just don't like the fact that both parties are passing anti-protest and boycott laws in America because I think it infringes on the First Amendment. But I'm very reasonable and I'm not anti-Israel and I'm not anti-Zionist. And then they say, oh, you're an anti-Semitic, you're anti-Semitic, you're anti-Semitic. So it's almost like they don't want me to agree with them. It's like, here, you go over there. We hate you. You're, we're going to try to ruin your life if you even slightly question us. And it's like, are you trying to lose public support? I don't understand what you're doing. Like there are millions, hundreds of millions, billions of people that are anti-Zionist. I'm not. I'm not telling you whose country it is. I'm just talking from an American perspective that I don't like anti-protest and boycott laws. And I've read the laws and, and the executive orders and, and the bills that Trump, DeSantis and Nikki Haley have passed. And I don't agree with the expanded definition of what hate speech is. I don't agree with it from an American perspective. I've got called anti-Semitic a thousand times. They've written 15 articles about me. They've tried to smear my character and make, make it so when people remember me in history, that's all they know about me, even though 99% of what I've done has nothing to do with that. So Zionist media constantly lies about me and pro-Israel media constantly defames me and lies about me. So it's like, am I supposed to believe everything else you ever do? And I'm supposed to believe that you've never hit a single civilian. It's like, it's it's not it's like the talking points are just getting so bad you know there i am trying to help you and be like here's a, a talking point that makes sense that people would like maybe respect a little bit but instead you're going with like the the craziest dumbest talking points constantly and like more and more and more people don't agree with you like africa doesn't agree with you the arab world doesn't agree with you 90 something percent of the democratic party doesn't agree with you you know, more than half of the Republican Party, a lot of the voters don't agree. Like it, it's not because everybody's hateful and hates growing. So it's like you have all this tension and now the government's got to pass Islamophobic laws because it's like it's all a joke. Like they're just shaking us up. Everyone's acting crazy. And then the government comes in and pretends to solve the problem that they're causing. A lot of the tension between the, both of the sides are caused by America's foreign policy and America and Western media's lack of accountability on anything. Any war, any conflict, any tension, you need self-accountability. I don't talk about America in a negative light because I hate America. I live here. I love it. I think it has the potential to be the best country in the world again. But America lacks self-accountability. And they're constantly running around the world, both parties, telling everyone else what to do and what to say and what to, and what to think and, and put a rainbow flag in your school and Africa shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. And the whole world is starting to resent us because they're realizing that we're not, we can't even fix ourselves. So how the hell can we fix Afghanistan when San Francisco's a dump? You know, if you ask me, would I rather go to like an Arab city 
or San Francisco, I'd rather go to an Arab city. I'd rather fly to Af give, fly me to a nice city in Africa or South Africa. I'd much rather visit there than San Francisco. You can't pay me to go to San Francisco. It's an absolute third world shithole. You know what I'm saying? So can we fix that? Does anyone care? Do, do any politicians even care about our own cities? And then the left will blame the right and talk about everything else. And it's like, technically, the left owns San Francisco. So it's their responsibility to fix San Francisco. It's mostly the Democratic Party's fault. But Republicans will say Africa needs to do this. And, you know, hey, how dare them outlaw homosexuality here in Palestine's doing this. And, you know, Ukraine needs to do this. And, you know, Putin's doing this. And there's a democracy over here. And the Republicans are more likely to step in and tell a foreign country what to do than they are their own city. So it's like if you can tell Uganda that they shouldn't criminalize homosexuality or whatever you're trying to do, then you have the right to step in in a foreign country, but you can't even step in on your own city because the Democrats own it. You have more of a right to San Francisco than you do Uganda if you're Ted Cruz or one of these other people. But you get what I'm saying? All they do is interfere with everyone else's thoughts, politics, whatever. And the whole world just is annoyed by it because they don't look at us like, wow, America's so cool. Like we are still pretty cool and our country's still good. And a lot of foreigners still do want to live here and work here. But, you know, that's getting squandered real fast. It's like even the El Salvador guys, like, you know, back in the day, I would want to go to any American city over El Salvador. But now it's like, I don't know about now. I wouldn't want like, would you want to go to Philadelphia? You know, like imagine being like a refugee and you end up in like the hood in Philadelphia. You're like, holy shit, this is scary. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not like, yeah, this is the land of opportunity. You're like, yo, this is the scariest place I've ever been in my life. Like it's, you know, I'm not saying like South America is so great. There's bad areas of that too, but it's not, you know, it's not the, it's not the Philadelphia of 1945 if you're immigrating or the, or the, or the New York of like 19, you know, 99. It's, it's, it's crazy, but long story short or long story long or short story short, or never say that again, just talk. Yeah. I think that they're using this conflict and both sides are willing to crack down on the other side in order to achieve their goal because they perceive them as like genocidal. So, you know, when the Palestinians look at Israelis and say, you're genociding us, what won't they justify it? because they believe that. And when you get to the Israeli side, you got people like Dave Rubin. He's calling all Palestinian protesters Nazis. Like, you know, he says nothing about the speech and protest laws that DeSantis, Trump, and Nikki Haley pass in America against the American First Amendment because Dave Rubin supports those. He supports those when it goes with his foreign policy. But when it's the opposite and his foreign policy pisses off left-wingers, now all of a sudden he believes in your right to free speech. And Ben Shapiro didn't mean what he wrote when he talked about it. It's like it's, everybody's being exposed and uh, a lot of people are being sucked up into it. But here's what I have to say too. Someone said mask off. Absolutely. Like some like when I post something, obviously both sides could get a little upset. But when people are like, you're an anti-Semite or you go to their you go to their profile and it's like, OK, like it's like everything's just getting so obvious. And you're like, oh, you're a generic, biased, complete hypocrite for your group. But when everyone else does it, it's like it's like I'm just calling it like I see it and, and I'm getting just false accusations constantly wielded. Uh, but that's just what I see after looking at it for a couple of weeks. I think everybody notices that a lot of the world is not supporting Israel, although the establishment is, they're supporting the other side of the argument. 
does it doesn't mean it's right, but there's a reason that most of the right is now disagreeing with Ben Shapiro. It's not because everybody's hateful. Joe Biden's not going to fix it. Kamala Harris is not going to fix it. There's no bill that they could pass to change public perception. It's not going to work. You got to be more honest and have self accountability and self awareness. But the thought of certain people and certain groups and certain media companies and certain you know political figures having self-awareness is like the scariest thing to them where they'd rather just freak out and call everybody names rather than like have an ounce of self-awareness like the comment you know i don't want to harp on it too much but like the comment where the person said oh you're an anti-semite they're not killing any civilians and it's like you're calling me anti-semitic for saying that even a single civilian was killed in an israeli strike Everyone knows that that's just an Amosh's family was hiding near a church and they got killed. Are you suggesting that they're not a civilian? They're like 16 year old girls. So, and everyone's admitting that civilians are dying, but they're saying civilians are dying because Hamas uses them as human shields. Hamas hides by this, Hamas hides that. So in order to get Hamas, we have to kill the civilians and we told them to leave and they should have left. Like that's, the, the the narrative that everyone's going by. So if you sit on Facebook and the best argument you have is we're not killing civilians while they're admitting that they're killing civilians, no one believes you. And of course, you're going to call me a word and a hate speech slur because that's all you have because the truth, facts, logic, reason, and reality is not on your side. So you default to like libtardation and just yell a word because the truth is not on your side. Everyone knows what's happening. The whole world sees it. The question is whether it's justified or not. It's like during the pandemic when NPR wrote a stupid smear article about me and they said, Anomaly is a conspiracy theorist who, who's crazy and thinks that the government's using the pandemic for control and uh, for more control. And it's like, that's happening. That's a factual statement. Everyone knows that. The debate is not, did the did the government use the pandemic to create, get more control? Everyone knows that that happened. The right will say the government's taking more power off of the pandemic and it's bad. The left would say the government's doing more things and taking more power off of the pandemic. It's good. The, the debate is not if they're doing it. Everyone knows they're doing it from Fauci to, to Democrats to everyone knows that the debate was never, is it happening? The question is, is it justified? It is happening, right? It's happening. They did that. Everyone knows they did that. Everyone will admit that, including Democrats. But they would say, we did it for your health. We did it for your safety. The reason we did this is to help you. And the right would say, you did too much. So when they write an article and say that I'm crazy for saying that the government used the pandemic for control, it's stupid. No one believes it. It's the same thing with this. When it comes to civilians in Palestine, Everyone knows that civilians are dying. The question is, is it justified? Palestinians will say, no, you're genociding me. No, you're trying to steal my house. No, you're trying to hurt me. No, you're lying about me. No, it's mine. You know, and then the pro-Israel side will say, we have to kill civilians because Hamas is hiding behind them. Hamas hides the tunnels under them. Hamas does this. Hamas does that. And if these people won't leave when we told them to leave their houses so we could bomb it and steal it or do whatever or, or fight the war against Hamas, even though their leadership's sitting in Qatar doing cozy TV interviews and Biden's complimenting Qatar, very bizarre. But in general, it's like the, the question is, is it justified? So if you can't even come to the conclusion of saying, OK, this is happening to some extent, we don't mean to, but it's happening, but it's justified. 
then people will kind of believe you. But if you're like, it's not happening at all, and you're a bad person for thinking it is, like no one believes you. It's shocking if you even believe yourself. You get what I'm saying? It's like it's not the, the pro-Israel side has lost public support after having public support because their talking points are so like not well thought out. You know, there are arguments to be had. It's just not what everyone's saying. And I think the reason that they're not saying what makes sense is because they're used to just calling everybody anti-Semitic all the time. Like this has happened for five years. It's like if someone disagrees with you, call them anti-Semitic. If somebody disagrees with your foreign policy, call them anti-Semitic. If, if Thomas Massey doesn't want to fund foreign aid, call them anti-Semitic. If Anomaly uh, disagrees with speech laws, call them anti-Semitic. You know, people have gotten away with it for years because every, like there wasn't that much conflict. So it was like, oh, we'll just smear everybody as an anti-Semite who says anything ever about anything. And it's like, now because of the war there's like billions of people literally protesting israel and you call them anti-semitic and none of them care because they're like no i'm not i just don't like what you're doing so it's like that word isn't working anymore because you're calling 90 percent of the world that word and it's like you know if it means something say it. if it like but if it means everything and nothing at the same time and you just say it when you want to stop someone from saying something like it's not it's not working anymore, you know, and it's not a bad thing that it's not working anymore. Um, it, it, you you got to get an argument and, and a cohesive thought process together and explain it and make sense, not just say something that makes no sense and then call someone a hate monger when they disagree with you. Um, let me see. I'm going to read a few comments. Someone said you throw a family out of their house and blame the neighbor for not taking them in. Well, that's what I'm saying with the e Egypt thing. That's a bad talking point. Like I see, like, you know, I've seen that a thousand times. Like, well, Egypt won't take them in. So how come? It's like, how come I don't want to take them in? Is it because I hate them? No, I just don't want them. How come Egypt doesn't want them? It doesn't have the economic capability to take them in. It's a different group of people. They don't want them. How come Israel won't take them in? Why would Israel take in Palestinians? They don't want them. So it's like, oh, because Egypt doesn't want them. That really proves. It's like, what does that prove? That's like a really dumb talking point, you know? There's a way to be pro-Israel and not say something so dumb. But that's what they all say because they they don't usually have to think of good arguments. They usually just call everybody anti-Semitic. And the people that are getting put on Fox News and Newsmax, they're not intellects. They're just people that will yell words and call everybody Nazi and say Greta Thunberg is like a Hitler reincarnated because she had an octopus doll that she's like too autistic to know. I, I, that doll has probably sold millions of things because people think octopuses are cute, but now they're not, right? Now octopuses are Hamas and every everybody knows. Every kid that's ever had an octopus doll. I mean, why don't we go into the ocean? I think the U.S. Uh, Navy needs to start going after octopuses in the ocean because even th those are too much. You know, it's like that's, you know, these are the people that get to speak on television because they're just, they're like left-wing version of right-wingers. They don't have cohesive arguments. They just yell words and catchphrases that don't actually make sense which fuels the tension. And when the tension's fueled, the uniparty passes more laws. And they're like, here's our way of fighting Islamophobia. And then Ben Shapiro and Dave Rubin go, how dare you fight Islamophobia at a time anti-Semitism's rising? Why don't you fight anti-Semitism? And then Biden's like, we, we are fighting anti-Semitism. Good. And then, oh, why are you fighting Islamophobia? Oh, we're going to do that too. Oh, doink, 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 doink. You know, and it's like, they don't, it's like, why aren't you shutting down their protest? I want you to take away their protest, not my protest. It's like both sides are just like total, like playing into the whole divide and conquer. And it's like, Trust me, the government will do both sides, just like they're funding both sides of this conflict. 
they're funding Israel. They drop the bombs. Then they give aid to the people that they drop the bombs on. Hey, we heard you didn't have electricity. We're so sorry. Here's some money. Here's some aid. Okay. Like, why are we funding both sides of every war all the time? No, we're, we're not. We're fun. We're, we're, we're take, you know, and then they'll say like Hamas is ISIS where it's like they're different groups unless nothing matters. They're both evil and bad, but it's like, it, you know, ISIS apologized to Israel. Look it up. ISIS was fighting Soleimani. Look it up. Soleimani used to fight ISIS. You, you don't have to like Iran and you don't have to like ISIS. You probably shouldn't like either of them. But why are you going to call them the same thing when they're not? Now words don't matter at all. And silence is violence and silence is ISIS. It's like, you know, if there's no, it's like, is Russia Japan? You know what I'm saying? Is Palestine, they're Nazis now, they're 1930s Germans. Like, you know, no, words don't matter because people don't think about what they say. They just say things that they know have, like they're using ISIS because ISIS is a group that Americans are afraid of because there's actually history of the public against ISIS. So it's like, you, you know, if Iran is working with Hamas and Qatar is working with Hamas, are they ISIS? Or like, or because Soleimani used to fight ISIS. You know, it doesn't mean he's good. I'm just saying they fought, but now it's war and they're both exactly the same. And it's like, but, you know, if I don't like France and I don't like, you know, Africa, I'm not saying I do. I was like, let me just pick two countries. If I don't like France and I don't like Uganda, is France Uganda now? Am I going to be tweeting France is Uganda? France is Uganda. You know what I'm saying? If I don't like communists from Russia and I also don't like, another country like are they them you get what i'm saying like you no one says words that mean anything anymore everyone's calling everyone anti-semitic everyone's calling everyone isis it's like it it doesn't mean anything but the reason they're doing it is because hamas doesn't it doesn't like register with a lot of people so isis al-qaeda like bin laden these are like you know, things that you remember and you don't like, but it's like when they just say Hamas, most people are like, yeah, Hamas sucks. But like it, it doesn't have the same like oomph as like ISIS. So they're like, they are ISIS. And it's like, are they though? Because Iran is funding Hamas and Iran used to fight ISIS. So, at, you know, it's just like when America fought the leader of Syria and the leader of Syria was fighting ISIS. We used ISIS as an excuse to fight Syria, but the guy from Syria was fighting ISIS. You don't have to like this Bashir al-Assad and you don't have to like ISIS, but saying Bashir al-Assad is ISIS when he's fighting ISIS, like, you know, this these are the games that they're playing and they're hoping that people are like too stupid to figure it out, you know? And Peter Ducey's question was like top notch. Just like they're sitting in that country. The leadership of Hamas is right there doing television interviews right there. And you're complimenting that country. And it's like, well, <laughs> Peter, I mean, you shouldn't have said that. I mean, we're doing our best. And it's like, okay, but that's a little weird. It's a little weird. I under, maybe they have no power over Cutter. Maybe Cutter has too much money or something. I don't, you know, maybe they're afraid. Like, I don't know what's going on, but I don't, I don't think they want us to know what's going on either. Cause it's like, I can't tell you everything that's happening, but just based off of like common sense, it's like, well, the narrative they're telling us is certainly not accurate. Uh, so what is, I, I don't know. Someone said they've got this divide and conquer thing perfected. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. 
let me see. Someone said, how dare you not think, how dare you think and not fall for the delusion? Yeah, it's like, it's all like a branding game. It's like, let's brand this, that. And it's like, okay, but is it, what's going on? Let me see. I'll read a few comments. Um, someone said, this war is a way to get the great reset. Uh, maybe, I don't know. We'll see. We will see. Someone said, I better get my hoodie soon. It's cold. I have a very good sh shipping situation, so you should get it. They're using this to destroy freedom of speech. It's definitely been happening for years, and they're going to escalate it. In America, it's like, how do you fight Islamophobia? Like, what do you want to do? Do you want to bring UK speech laws? In the UK, you can't criticize immigration. They'll call you a racist and send the police to your house, you know? And what I'm trying to say is you should be able to criticize immigration in America, and it shouldn't be a police state. But both sides of this equation are so fake and stupid that they're probably going to bring forward a police state purposely. And, they're, and, and the Dave Rubens and the Ben Shapiro's like, no, we're fighting them. And they're like, no, we're fighting them. You're both dumb. You can't fight anti-Semitism by passing speech and protest laws. Trump passed anti-Semitism boycott laws. DeSantis passed anti-Semitism boycott laws. Nikki Haley did it. Most states, it's illegal to boycott and divest and sanction Israel in America uh, in most states, they have BDS laws that are highly controversial on college campuses. Okay, so they did that in 2019. Biden passed an anti-Semitism fighting bill in early 2023. And now they're saying it's it's rising, it's rising, it's rising. Well, why is it rising if you're passing all these bills and anti-protest laws? Shouldn't you be able to stop it? It's because legislation doesn't stop hate. Taking away someone's freedom to protest or boycott or speak or, or disagree with something or someone, it doesn't actually make people like it. Like it, it probably does the opposite effect. So this is what people don't understand. It's like, it, you know, they've already passed 20,000 things to fight this and it's at an all time high, according to the thing. Why? Or a recent high. Why? Why? It shouldn't you be getting rid of it? Because you can't, that's not how you get rid of it. You could get rid of it with honesty, humility self-awareness in an honest conversation but that's what a lot of people don't want to have so it's never going to go away if you're not honest and you don't want to have an honest conversation and you just hurl accusations at everyone who disagrees with you it's not going to change public perception on your side it's just going to make you less popular and more and more people are going to start rejecting it like it doesn't that's not how you eliminate hate and you know everyone that thinks that kamala harris or joe biden or donald trump or where the government can get hate out of people's hearts by passing bills and laws for it. Like, it's not how any of this stuff works. Um, so it's, you know, and the more that tensions rise, the more they're going to try to push bills and laws and rules, and none of them are going to work. They're not designed to work. You know, it's not, it's like the vaccine. I thought I was going to get it and get locked down for a year and they were going to save the world. It's like, that's what they told you they were doing you know they were banning people who talked about event 201 event 201 was a you know i got fact checked by psychopaths who were saying i i accurately explained it too i said event 201 was a pandemic simulation in 2019 by john hopkins bill and melinda gates foundation and the world economic forum where they simulated a pandemic experiment 
And they talked about how they would respond to a pandemic and they did it six months before a pandemic. No, no one in America had really heard in the public of coronavirus and their simulation was for a coronavirus. That's just the reality of it. I'm not saying they planned it. I'm just saying that's all public. If you said that on Facebook, even accurately, without suggesting anything, they banned your video and they told me that the reason they banned my video was because people in the comments got the wrong idea. So now I'm responsible as a content creator for what everyone says. So they could just plant somebody in my comment section and say something, shut down my whole video. Or I got like the same way I got yelled at by both sides of this war for my last video. Uh, I'm responsible for both sides if they're Palestine or Israel. It's like, so you get what I'm saying? Like it's, they told you that they were helping you while they were censoring anybody who said the opposite and, and suggesting anything. You couldn't talk about lab leak theory for a year. Why? You know, even if it's not true, you could say other not true things. You, you could say the vaccine's 100% effective and you'll never get sick if you get it. Like you could say whatever you want if you're lying in, in behalf of their agenda. But if you question certain things, they shut it down. Long story short, long, long short, but the same thing with this. People are like, no, you don't understand. Dave Rubin's going to fight anti-Semitism. No, you don't understand. We're going to pass anti-protest laws and it's really going to crush the Palestinian activists. It's like, that's what they're telling you. They're telling you that, but it's not working. Trump has already passed anti-protest laws in 2019. DeSantis has passed anti-protest laws in 2019. Nikki Haley brags about doing it. They've all already done it, yet you're seeing that issues are at an all-time high. It's because they don't work. You think that they're trying to save you and stop hate. I know what they're doing. It's not that. But if you want to believe that, you can. You're allowed to be like, oh, yeah, uh, Kamala Harris is going to fight Islamophobia. And Nikki Haley, Donald Trump, and Ron DeSantis are going to fight anti-Semitism. You don't understand, Anomaly. It's different when DeSantis, Nikki Haley, and, and Trump do it because they're really going to fight anti-Semitism. And Kamala Harris is only pretending to fight Islamophobia. None of them are going to do anything that they're saying they're going to do because government can't legislate hate out of people's hearts and they certainly can't shut down certain events and, and change the perception of reality because usually in this country, if you shut down a conversation by just calling someone a word, it means you don't have a good enough argument to explain why they're wrong and then more people start disagreeing with you over time because your arguments aren't good, you know? And that's going on now. And I, you know, I, this is the same thing happened in 2019. I tried to help. I'm like, what you guys are doing, censoring everybody, calling everybody anti-Semitic, throwing them off of Twitter, not allowing them at turning point. It's only going to make more people not like you. Like it's not the same way you handle left-wing protesters. You should handle right-wing protesters. You allow left-wing communists on a, on a college campus to yell at you and call you names, yet you're trying to ban conservatives who disagree with you on certain topics and call them anti-Semitic. I knew this was going to backfire. And the funny thing is everybody that lied about me back then, they didn't want to hear because they wanted to suck up their money and play their little fancy pants game and run around and hang out at Mar-a-Lago. And now they're looking and their whole audience disagrees with them. And they're like, why does everybody disagree with me? Oh, it must be hate speech. We need we need the government to do more hate speech things. And there's so much hate in the world. And it's like, yeah, maybe there's a lot of hate in the world. Or maybe you guys screwed up by doing what the left does to your own side. And now nobody likes you or believes you anymore because you've become not that honest. And you 
sided with censorship and name calling over an honest debate or a discussion. If you could have a debate and a discussion with a blue haired communist who probably shit her pants before she walked up like methed out. I'm just kidding. They're probably not on meth, but I'm, it's just funnier if I say that. But it's like if you can debate with them and tell them socialism sucks, why can't you shut down the right wing people that are, you know, saying things you disagree with and own them the same way you own the left? And that's when I realized that the Republican Party is a giant setup. It's just controlled opposition. They're just putting on this little left, right, false paradigm show. And anytime you challenge them for the right, they smear you behind closed doors. They write articles about you. They tell everybody to blacklist you from Daily Wire to Turning Point, And then you can't go. The one time I tried to go to Turning Point, I got a phone call and they said, hey, I was told you you can't come to the event. I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, sorry, dude, like, you know, I heard like we read your tweets and you're banned from Turning Point. And I was like, like, you can't come to the event. I was like, what tweets? And they read the tweets to me. And I was like saying Turning Point was fake and that they didn't really believe in free speech. And it's all true. I was like, I can prove everything I'm saying here. And like, yeah, we just don't know if we want you. It's like, OK, but left wing publications can go. You know, people who hate you could go. Reuters can go. Mainstream media can go. Left wingers are allowed. But a right wing dissident that knows that you're full of shit's not allowed in because I'm going to tell the truth. Like, okay, but this media source that wrote 50,000 articles about Charlie Kirk in a negative light, they could come to the event, but not me, right? It's like, that's it's it's a controlled opposition. Hey, we're going to bring in right-wingers who say everything that we do, and we'll call them names if they don't do it. We'll bring in the other side to fight with or whatever, and then anybody smart enough to figure out what we're doing uh, it, it is not allowed. And then they allowed me in at the last second. Cause they were like, okay, you can, you can come. We got the green light that you're not that bad. I was like, oh wow. Thank you so much. Uh, but in general, they're anti-free speech. Well, I'm telling you in 2019, Trump, DeSantis, Nikki Haley, and a lot of these Republicans, Nikki Haley, maybe earlier, they passed speech laws for anti-Semitism. And I've read the bill. I know what it says. I know what it means. Trump's was for anti-protest boycotts, divestments on college campus. DeSantis was saying it was a religious bill for schools, but it only included one religion. And it also can, can included an ethnic group of non-religious people. So it wasn't a religion bill. And it had lopsided speech laws that said, here's the list of what's anti-Semitic. And this is not allowed in schools anymore. And it was a list of 12 or 13 things that you can't say. It's officially ushering in hate speech laws into America. And the reason that Charlie Kirk doesn't talk about it is because he's in on it. And the reason that Ben Shapiro doesn't talk about it is because he's in on it. And if you're not in on it, they try to smear you and blacklist you behind the scenes and say, don't allow him. You you guys can't tell that I'm funnier, more entertaining. Like, I, you don't think I could crush all the idiots that these people hire? Of course. I do bigger shows anyway. They don't invite me. And then I'll do a rock show in, in front of 10,000 people. I don't need them to be cool. I hang out with who I want to hang out with. I'm bigger than all the losers they hire anyway. But it's like... The reason none of these people want to hire me, besides the fact that I just called them losers, now they'll never, but they didn't, even before I started doing that, I never said a bad thing about them. I never thought a bad thing about them. I always liked them. It's just like, if you don't toe the line and you're not a sellout and you won't kiss the ring, you're not allowed to come here. And not only are you not allowed to come here, we will use our power and our media connections to make you look horrible so nobody ever can see you. And they banished a lot of people to like the far web. They're like, all of you who think this way, you need to go here. And everybody left. And now Elon lets everybody back on Twitter. And now Charlie Kirk's getting ratioed. Ben Shapiro's getting ratioed. Dave Rubin's getting ratioed. Right-wingers are getting ratioed. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's all this hate. There's so much hate. There's so much hate. And it's like, no, you guys lied to your base and they still haven't figured it out four years ago. And now everything's coming back around and your arguments aren't adding up. 
So now all they could do is claim that everybody's a hate speech and all the same things you could copy and paste. All the things that left winger said about Dave Rubin and Ben Shapiro, you can copy and paste them. And now Dave Rubin is saying that about Palestinian activists because he doesn't want to have a conversation about it. He just wants to shut it down and call them all certain words and say that they're all bad. And it's the same thing that people did to him. So, you know, it's just interesting that nobody's believing that stuff anymore. And it's one of those things, too, where it's like you've lost most of the left on this argument. OK, who cares? You lose them on most stuff. But on this argument, you're you're losing most of the right because even people that support like if you support Israel and you defend Israel and you think Israel has a right to exist and you love Israel and you just do what Thomas Massey says and you're like, you know what? I don't I don't know about foreign aid, though. I think Israel and Ukraine should be able to like fund themselves. Now you're an anti-Semite. Now they smear you. Now they write about you in the press. Now they try to ruin your character. It's like a bunch of these special interest groups come out and start attacking you and calling you anti-Semitic for saying they're doing it. And it's like, that's why most of the right now disagrees with it. It's because they've seen what they've done to honest and good people. They've smeared them. They've defamed them. They've lied about them. And people don't like it. They're like, have a conversation, have an argument. It's like, if you want to give them foreign aid and I don't want to give them foreign aid, I'm not calling you a name. I'm having an intellectual discussion about it, but you don't have the truth on your side. So you just smear people because they basically exist to get that done. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a huge industry at this point because there's billions upon trillions of dollars. It's the same way. Like how many people in the press that said, oh, you're pro Putin. If you don't like the money to Zelensky, it's like, how many of them are benefiting from that? I don't know, but the answer is probably not zero. If there's hundreds of billions of dollars being sent there, somebody's getting it. So we'll see. Uh, but I know certain people don't want to hear this and that's okay. But, you know, I do think that self-awareness and self-accountability is completely lacking from the both sides, to be honest. But like, you know, I think certain people are like, no, 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 we don't need it. We'll just call everyone names. And it's like, it's not working. Um, let me see. I'm just going to try to read a few. Someone said Trump. Trump was talking about like sc some school, like some communist school he's working on. Like, do you remember when Trump said like a 15 minute city or whatever? He's like, it's going to be a patriot city, patriots. It's going to be a government city, patriots. We're going to we're going to build a city so great, so big, uh, a big communist city, patriots, where we're all going to hang out and it's going to be run by the federal government. And, you know, it's going to be like a patriot American city. And it's like, OK. And he just did that with schools. He's like, eh, I can't believe the schools do not support our greatest ally. I'm totally not bought off at all, patriots. This makes me mad. We'll make a free school, a free school that everyone will support our greatest ally. We'll make a new school that's free and government run, and it's going to be so great. And people are like, oh, Trump's making free schools for us. And it's like, he's just an actor. He's just an, he's just like a, a guy, like, spinning the narrative into a way that like patriots want it it's like yeah yeah communist cities yeah with the trump flag on it it's like what type like why why did it take him till now to want to fix the schools the schools have been crazy for five years not now he wants to create a new school so everybody that ever like the the thing if you listen to his new thing about the new communist like trump school or whatever he's talking about um is like he wants everybody to support Israel. Like it's like that's the part that really pushed him too far. He's like, we're gonna make American schools where everyone supports this country, and if you don't, you can't go there. It's like, 
okay, and it's going to be free because you're taking money away from Harvard or something. Like, I don't, I, who's going to, like, well, the government's going to run it? It sounds terrible, but whatever. Someone said Zelensky and others are enjoying American taxpayer monies. Faux show. Um, someone said, thanks for being real and actually having and using logic. Absolutely. At the end of the day, most average people do not benefit from war. Regardless of what they say, Russians are not benefiting from the war and Ukrainians are not benefiting from the war. Most people are getting hurt by this war and the only thing that can fix it is an honest conversation. And I'm not saying Putin's honest because I don't trust him, but Zelensky, is, he doesn't want to come to a conclusion. His entire existence is to not strike a deal. So it's like, and we keep funding them. So until these two people can figure it out, there's no deal and people suffer. And same with Israel and Palestine. You know, the average person is suffering tremendously. And the thing is, like, if you rock the boat too far in a certain direction, it could, you know, it could be way worse than it is now. So it's like, you know, everyone has this idea in their head of like what they want, where it's like, oh, I want to do this because it makes sense. And it's like, they don't want to compromise. They don't want to, you know, draw a line and figure it out. And I understand that it's complex because it's a two-sided issue. But one thing that I've noticed that it seems like when it comes to Palestine is, you know, they do have tunnels, they do have foreign funding, they do have most of the world behind them. Like most of the world disagrees with us on this topic. We've made enemies with Russia, we've made enemies with China in some ways, we've made enemies with a lot of the world, like even Africa doesn't agree with us, the Arab world doesn't agree with us, our allies in the Arab world don't agree with us on this topic, Iran obviously doesn't agree with us, Turkey, who's half ally, half not ally sometimes, they don't agree with us. It's like, you know, you could say that you want to do all this stuff because Lindsey Graham is in his 60s and has no kids, so instead of having kids, he makes love to bombs or whatever. He's like, I, I, I don't care how many people die. It's like, because you're a childless loser, uh, you, you know, if, if you had a family or a woman that liked you, maybe you wouldn't be so weird. Like, you know, dude, how are you, how are you that age? And you're just like, I've been single forever. It's like, okay, so, so what you stick your PP in a bomb bomb now from Raytheon because you don't, you got no love interest in your life. Like, dude, that guy needs to drop out of Congress and get on Tinder. Like that guy should not be serving. Like Trump needs to stop bringing him to rallies, you know? Put him on stage and say, this childless loser wants to start every war under the sun. Does any degenerate woman in the crowd want to marry this loser? Because if you don't marry this guy soon, he's going to start 15 wars and sacrifice your children. And it's, you know, like that's what Trump should be doing. Not saying Lindsay's a good friend of mine. Maybe Trump's just trying to get him a wife. That's If that's the case, I support it. But anyway, um, you know, like people like that will convince you because they're losers that, oh, this is so good for you. But it's like, maybe or maybe not you know like was were the 15 wars in the middle east for america like was it really good was was the ukraine war good oh trust me patriots you got to give hundreds of billions of dollars or else russia's going to take over europe that was never true russia's not going to take over europe they can't take over europe and they never tried to take over europe i don't even like putin i don't trust putin i think he's just another player in the game too but it's like you know this idea that like oh if we don't give the money he's going to go after all of you that's what they told you to get the, the funding for it because he wanted like one little piece of it. And now we're stuck in a war, but it's good for us, right? Yeah, it's really great. Every war we did in the Middle East, really good. You know, Vietnam was really good. Oh yeah, this one's gonna be totally different guys because it's Israel, it's really good. They're, 
what if we go too far and everybody hates us forever? We lose a bunch of money. We're broke. We can't fix our cities. And the whole Arab world turns against us, not because of our freedom, but because of our alliances and our dishonesty in, in, in war. We, you know, if we can't be a little more honest, these conflicts are not going to stop. And I don't believe it's good for either side. Um, I, I, and you can't come to a, you can't come to a compromise without being honest, you know? It's like if you're like a boyfriend and a girlfriend and it's like you're both doing messed up stuff, you got to be honest about what you're doing and you got to stop doing it. If you don't stop doing it, it's never going to fix it, you know, and, and America doesn't want to be honest about what it's doing and our allies. So it's like, you know, no country's perfect. I'm not saying, uh, you know, but it's just like we got to be way more honest. Beth said, you're you are a moron. OK, big brain, Beth, what do you think? We'll go to Big Brain Big Brain Beth. Big Brain Beth is on the show. What's up, Big Brain Beth? You're really smart. So much smarter than me. I'm a moron. Thur. Please tell me what to think, Beth. Let me know what 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 is the right topic. Please let me know. We'll call you Boomer Beth. Boomer Beth is on the show. After getting future generations massacred in multiple Middle Eastern wars for their greatest ally. Beth is back to sacrifice more kids. Let's see what Boomer Beth has to say. She's like, I don't think I sacrificed enough of my grandkids to 15 different wars that actually weren't for why I thought it was because I still think I'm fighting the terrorist groups that America's funding, but maybe just one more war so my grandkids can go die for a foreign country that wouldn't doesn't care about them. I don't know. We'll see if she says something. I'll read it. If not... If not, that's a first round knockout. Um, someone said it's not us versus them. It's about whether our allies will join BRICS or not. Yeah, there's a lot of layers to this 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 situation. Um, let me see. Someone said Russia fought ISIS. Probably. So did the leader of Syria that we tried to overthrow. So did Soleimani, who Trump killed. Like, look it up. Soleimani fought ISIS, but. That's just like reality. I'm not saying he was a good person. I'm just saying like, it's like, it's like, well, I don't like, I don't like Nigeria and I don't like Chile and I don't like Japan. So the, uh, Japan is Chile. Japan is Chile, guys. That's, that's our new branding. Japan's Chile. Cause I don't like either of them. And I'm not saying I don't like Japan. I'm just saying like, that's like the logic that they're going with. They're like, find a group that America doesn't like and tell them that this group is this group, even though it's not that group, because that's all like, and then, you know, people are like, Oh yeah, that's what it is. We're fighting that group that I remember from the last propaganda war. And it's like, it's not though, but you know, let me see. Someone said most, all politicians are on the side along with corporate leaders for sure. They're just like actors. Trump is an actor. Biden's an actor. Um, how much are they willing to do their cabinet? You know, there's little changes that go on, but I don't think they're as big as anyone thinks. And we'll see the, um, someone said you've come so far within five years. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, I don't know if that was a compliment or not. Someone said Trump was still better than Biden, but no one will admit it. I think hundreds of millions of people think Trump was better than Biden. I don't I don't think that no one doesn't admit it, but I think when certain things happen though, everybody think like do you think that Trump wasn't going to start a war with Iran? He was already trying to. Like if he gets in, he'll be more bullish on this war than Biden. So, if if Hillary Clinton was was in office 
like in 2016 to 2020. And she locked the country down and said 15 days to slow the spread and sold vaccines. Everyone would have been like, if Trump would have won, you know, the country wouldn't have got locked down, but Trump was in office and everything happened anyway. So it's like, I think there's always this perception of like, oh, if, if our guy was in, this wouldn't be happening. And it's like, maybe, maybe, maybe the Ukraine war wouldn't have happened, or maybe Trump would have just put his spin on it and been like, listen, we got to go fight the terrorists and give our greatest at like, I don't know. He potentially could have stopped the Ukraine one, but with Israel, he's definitely going to be more bullish than, than Biden. Biden's like, come on, Jack, we got to do a two state solution. Biden's like, they're all scam. It, 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 we need to bomb them all, bomb them all, give it to Israel and tell everybody they're anti-Semitic if they disagree. Like Trump is way more war hockey than, uh, you know, Biden on this topic. But at the end of the day, Biden's really not doing anything. He's just like, come on, Jack. Come on, Jack. There's let me let me finish my term out. Put, come on. They're like, all right, dude, you don't someone smarter is doing something because I can't see him actually calling the shots. What are my thoughts on a draft happening? I think I'm too old to get drafted, but that I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. And if it did, I mean, why would anyone want to die for a group of people that doesn't care about them? I mean, this is not the 1970s or 80s. Like, I would not. I would fight till the death for my country if I believed in it. But if America is going to do the bidding of foreign countries and lie to us and, you know, force vaccinate people against their will and tell like grandmas that if they don't get a vaccine, they can't, you know, see their family like this is not you know, this is not God here. You know, this country is run by Satan. And I'm not saying like God, God exists. I'm saying God does exist. And, you know, he overpowers and there's a lot of great people here. But this, this, this establishment is not godlike at all. They reject nature. They reject basic biology. They reject common sense. They don't like the people that live here. They don't like certain ethnic groups. They don't like your religion. It's like they're, they're sending you to a country to die to make another country worse. Like that's what they're doing. Like here, go fight Russia and Ukraine so so Ukraine can turn into America. So they can wave rainbow flags and get rid of political parties and jail, jail, jail priests. Hey, don't you want to go fight Russia for Ukraine who's putting priests in jail? Come on, Christian boomer patriots. Go go fight a war and and turn Ukraine into San Francisco. Isn't that fun? It's like, no. You know, I respect our military, but it's it's a shame. That our country is run by such psychopaths that you know you got to go do things that are not even in the best interest of anyone someone said force to fight you can't force anyone to do anything it's just, i mean maybe but if they did a, a draft they could try to force people to do it you know i think they i think they could try can they not make you what happens you go to jail or something like muhammad ali cassie's clay I, yeah, I don't know what would happen. I haven't read the draft rules. Thoughts on Vivek Ramaswamy? I would say, you know, I don't think he's necessarily worse than everyone else. You know, I think he's the same or maybe slightly better on some topics. But in my opinion, my opinion has not changed about Vivek. Vivek Ramaswamy is, is whoever you want him to be. Who do you want him to be? That's who he is. You want him to be this? He's this. He's this. You want him to be this? He's this. He's exactly who you want him to be. He's all smiles. It's stuck. I'm just like you. Come on. A free speech. You know, he's everything. He's everything all at once. You know, he's a, he's a crowd pleaser. So 
Um, I hear him one day and he's like, free speech. I mean, the people of Palestine are innocent. And then you got him. He's like, I'm going to put their heads on a stake. And it's like, all right, bro, we get it. You know, he's just like, he's whoever everyone wants him to be. When he's speaking in front of like pro-Israel people, he's like the most pro-Israel person in the world. And he's going to put Hamas's head on a stake by himself. And when he's talking to the side that realizes that our first amendment is being infringed upon, he's Ron Paul. He is Ron Paul again. I'm Ron Paul for the libertarians. And I'm Lindsey Graham for the, it's like, you know, he's like, it's like a, you know, with all the information out there, it's like, you know, he's whoever everyone wants him to be all the time. So me personally, I like, I would rather listen to pretty much anyone else. Like I listen to podcasts and fighting stuff. And, you know, I'll say, I want to listen to Elon Musk and Rogan. That's interesting to me. I want to listen to Theo Vaughn and Tucker Carlson. That's interesting to me. You couldn't pay me to listen to a Vivek interview because it's like, he's a, exactly who you want him to be. You know, hey, <laughs> you want this and I'm that, Patriots. Oh, you want that? Well, I'm that. Yeah, no, I said that in my book. I never said that. I never wrote that. That was satire, except it was exactly real. You didn't read the book. Did you? Oh, you read the book. Oh, then it wasn't what I thought. It said, I'm who you want me to be. Who's your audience again? That's who I am. I'm a libertarian today, Patriot. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. Hashtag authenticity, hashtag truth, hashtag truth. Um, with all that being said, I think, you know, he might do a better job than Trump and DeSantis, but he's not going to win, so it doesn't matter. But I think Vivek should be allowed to go into American politics. Give him a shot. Let him be a governor. He can't be worse than Nikki Haley. Give him a senator position. I don't give a shit. Just don't let him take one of the good one spots. Let him be a congressman. You know, everybody in Congress is sold out except for Thomas Massey, so... I want Vivek to get a job, you know, I'm like, I just don't trust him, but also he could be better than other politicians. I, you know, you never know. You never know who he's going to be until he, until he is it. But no, my opinion hasn't changed, but I do, I do like him and his team a little bit, but you know, like I definitely don't dislike them. I think they were pretty cool to me, but I don't know. He's like, he called me far right because he, like he got squeezed by the media. He's like far left and far right. And I'm like, I'm not far right, bro. You want to disband like intelligence communities. Like, oh yeah, you're so moderate. Like, shut up. You know, uh, Danny said, thank you for being funny. Makes work go by so much faster and more enjoyable. He's like the far left media and the far right anomaly. I'm in the middle. I'm Vivek. It's like, shut up, dude. You know, like, yeah. It's like, who do I got to throw under the bus today? Whatever. You know, it's like he like threw me under the bus, but kind of didn't throw me under the bus. That's like everything with him. He's like, kind of that. I'm this, I'm that. I'm, 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 uh. you know, he's everything all the time. He's like, he's whoever you want him to be. Come 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 chameleon. What do you want me to be? What do you want me to be? If you're libertarian, then I'll pretend I'm Ron Paul. But if you're a Zionist, I'll put the stakes heads on Hamas. You know, it's like whoever he's talking in front of, like he's getting yet like he's just like he's them. He's like, I'll go after Hamas myself and put their heads on damn stakes. And everyone's like, Woo! And then he's like, but I also believe in free speech. And they're like, boo. And he's like, ah, come on, guys. My, my show's not done yet. I got 20 more minutes of this thing. And so, you know, it's like. I don't know. I don't. It's a democracy, boys. We're we're here to fight our republic, our democracy. It's you know, it's like whatever. I'm not mad at him. I you know, I might even vote for him one day. But politics is just really funny to me.
like in a weird way. It's like not funny, but it's kind of funny. Um, someone said Sinead O'Connor was right about the Vatican. I've never heard what she said about the Vatican. I only roughly even know what was she like an activist or something? I just know she was bald. That's all I remember. It's a bald Irish lady out there singing. Um, someone said Assange never criticizes Israel. I don't, I don't know if that's true, to be honest. I mean, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that I've seen certain things that he said, like WikiLeaks things, but I don't know. Maybe. Kim said, you're so refreshing keeping it real. Thank you, Kim. I appreciate it. Hashtag real. I should put real on a hat and sell it to you. No, I'm just kidding. All right, I'm going to do my hat thing because my I actually sold a decent amount yesterday doing it. I was like, yo, look. Look at my God bless hats. You could wear two at one. You could put them on your hands, turn them into sock puppets. Hey, Patriots. I know I said I believed in the First Amendment, but if we just take it away, maybe we'll fight hate speech this time. And then it doesn't work. And then they pass a new bill. No, but uh, yeah, God bless hats made in America. You know what I'm saying? We got the God bless. God is great sweatshirts. I'm sorry. Those are very, very comfortable. Check it out at dreamrare.com. I did this little bit yesterday and we, you know, we sold up a storm. So let's, let's not, uh, let's not stop the good times. Let me see if I make any sales now. I'm going to just harass my audience. If you guys don't buy my products, I'm going to call you all anti-Semitic and racist and Islamophobic. And I'm going to tell Kamala Harris to deal with you and she'll fight the Islamophobic. Wow. Not a single sale today. Disrespectful. Whatever. You guys suck. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, not buying my merch is is a bit Islamophobic. And, uh, you know, I think with Kamala Harris's new initiative, Queers for Palestine is really going to put the nail in the coffin of Islamophobia and homophobia at the same time. We should combine both words and call it Islamophobia. You get it? Like it almost sounds like Shlomo, but it's Islamahomophobia, Islamahomophobia. Islamophobia. You know what I'm saying? Islamohomophobia. We combine the words queer for Palestine, pass a few speech laws. You know what I'm saying? And then Ben Shapiro and Dave Rubin will get mad and then they'll pass a few speech laws and then we'll have nothing. And then people will still be mad at each other and not a single problem will be solved. And then we'll pay tax money and we'll fight foreign wars and we'll get called pro-Putin if you don't want to support one or a terrorist or anti-Semitic if you don't want to support another. It'll be fun. And you just keep working and paying and working and paying and working and paying. And then different wars across the country are being fueled by your tax dollar. And then you get called a name for having an opinion on it. It'll be a blast. I mean, agenda 2030, anyone? This will be a good good six years, huh? Anyway, um, yeah, the hats are at dreamrare.com. So, you know, you put them on like... This is kind of this kind of looks cool actually putting two on at once. You kind of look like you should you, you roll up to the party, you look like a like a crack dealer or something. People are like, why you got two hats on, bro? You look like a drug dealer from New York. And you're like, I'm just a big anomaly fan, man. Dreamray.com. That's where you get them. You feel me? It's like you don't have to act like this, bro. Halloween's over. Still not a sale. Unbelievable. What a group of degenerate, ungrateful people. No, I'm just kidding. I don't believe in hate speech laws, but anyone who doesn't buy my merch, I, I think they should go to prison. But like a nice prison, though, like an Australian, you know what I'm saying, COVID camp style where they have televisions. So because I don't want you to suffer that bad, but I'm just kidding. Um, just joking. 
you ever seen like when, when I sold the gold for that company, like I didn't want to go too hard because like I do think it's fine. It's like ethical to sell gold and silver and stuff like gold, silver. It's real value. It's it's like, you know, it's straightforward. It, it, it is a trustworthy source to get it from the company I work for. Hopefully they still want to work with me. But in general, it's like I couldn't be that guy that was like, the world's going to end. Everyone's going to die. Buy gold and silver. I mean, yeah, that'll save you in the end times. Like, Revelation's coming right now. If you buy $5,000 worth of gold and silver, we'll give in $50 free on the house. We're all, oh my gosh, the war's breaking out. Israel, Palestine, Ukraine, Russia. Bang, 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 bang. You're poor. Buy my gold now, brokey, or else you're going to suffer and be on the streets with the crackheads of San Francisco. Buy silver now. Physical, digital, I don't care. Give me money. More, 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 more. The only way to fight the new world order and the elites is to buy my gold. Buy my gold to beat Klaus Schwab. Oh, you don't like George Soros? Sounds a little anti-Semitic, but if you buy my gold, I promise you, we'll throw in a Zionist organization of America free to bail you out of jail when they call you that word. And Ben Shapiro will have your back the next time the ADL writes something about you. If you buy my silver now, 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 now we can stop all the wars and Trump will be back in office, even though he's already there. Trump's already there. He's in a submarine outside Guantanamo Bay. Didn't you hear X-22 report? Trust the plan, patriots, but you're actually a traitor and you're not a real Q supporter if you don't buy my silver now. 1-800-buy-buy-buy-buy-buy-buy-buy-buy or else you're Hamas. I bet I'd sell more if I did that, if I did that sort of, uh, but the hats are at dreamer.com. If I did that sales pitch, um, I think it would probably work better, but then I would, it would also be like crazy though. That was comedy, by the way, that was humor as a joke. I got to like say that because I had someone make a meme of me and they're like, see, and it was like me being sarcastic. And I was like, yo, I got to stop being sarcastic because sarcasm can be used against you. Now, if you're joking, people could say you're serious and that could be like historical, like history books could remember a tweet you said that was a total joke. Like I was talking about Bayer and how Bayer came from Nazi Germany. And I don't like Bayer. Anybody that watches my channel, I was using that as like a, why does, you know, everybody's talking about these people, but nobody talks about Bayer, which is a pharmaceutical company that comes from that country in that era. And they now have merged with Monsanto. I'm not, a. I, I'm using that to scrutinize and criticize them. And people like read a tweet and they're like, he likes them. He likes Germany. And I was like, no, and I'm not saying I hate Germany now or anything like Germans have like, they're just like, Hey, can I have a, you know, sausage? And it's like, yeah, dude, eat your food. You know, I, I'm not blaming you for all of world history right now. You, you were born in like 1995, but I'm just saying in general, when it comes to like that, like they were using my joke against me as like some sort of, I was like, that's not what I was saying. I don't like Bayer. I don't like Monsanto. I find it shocking that no one cares that they came from Nazi Germany, yet they own everything. And, and somehow they never get scrutinized. It's like, you know, they're a little bit more important than a Twitter troll. They own our food supply in many ways and, and like massive pharmaceutical real estate. And it should be looked at. Um, someone said, didn't buy a hat, but sending money over the stand-up routine. Thank you, Danny, for the $5 super chat. I appreciate it. Um, we'll see. Someone said Germany invented the whole, all the pharmaceutical industry. Horrific. I mean, some of it's probably good, like like pharmaceutical wise, like what what like antibiotics maybe. But I'm not a big pharmaceutical guy, so that's you know I'm not a fan of that. But if I ever make a joke about it, they'll say that I like it or something. But whatever, it's not true. Um, 
I just bought 30 hats, someone said. Come on. I could I could fact check you, bro. I got my I got my Shopify open right now. Let's see. Did you buy 30 hats? Oh, someone bought a hat. Oh, look, we made a sale. Let's go. We made one sale, not 20, but that's fine. I was literally going to hold my audience for ransom and be like, yo, I'm not leaving until someone buys a hat. Not because I really need someone to buy a hat. I just think it would be kind of funny, but I sold one. All right. I might do that every show now. I'll just be like, yo, someone like that's kind of it's kind of funny, but it's kind of annoying if I'm like, yo, I'll stay all night. And people are like, that's fine. And it's like it's kind of it's a weird way to make a sale, but it is funny. Tim Pool bought one. Yeah, dude, I, I started the, uh, you know, rumor has it apparently in Saudi, was it Saudi Arabia or Dubai, you get like arrested for starting rumors against somebody. I saw a video and they're like five things. They got crazy laws over there. And it's like, if you start rumors that hurt somebody's like per public perception, you could be arrested in Dubai. So if I went to Dubai and I said, I've heard that Tim Poole doesn't actually have toilet paper at his beanie bunker. All he does is have used beanies on a roll and people have to wipe their butt with his used beanie like that. Like if I said that in Dubai, that might be illegal, you know? So that's crazy because it's that is a rumor. It's not true, um, but it's funny to say. Yeah, Dubai doesn't mess around. It's definitely honorable, you know? I wonder if you can be like a comedian over there. You make a joke, you know? Like the sheik looks at you, said, Habibi, Habibi, you're like, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up with Dubai? You know, you're, you're like on stage. You're like, anyway, like, aren't these speech laws pretty crazy out here? Like, what? I can't be starting rumors. Haha. <laughs> and then like, he's like, Habibi, the very funny Habibi. Everybody love you. We give you the top hotel. You look at the city. And then in the morning, we chop your arms off and you go to jail, Habibi. Sorry. It's the rules. But we love it. We love your show. And you're like, dang. Yeah, like, that's, I don't know. I think they allow comedians. Maybe they're just like, you, you know, you get a pass if you're funny enough, but if, if you're not funny enough, they just kill you. <laughs> that would be so wild. <laughs> Could you imagine? Do you think some comedians would do that? That would be like the ultimate gladiator thing. Okay. You get to go, you get to go to like Dubai and you get to perform and they pay you like hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. They just give you everything. They give you every Habibi. We give you girls, the top room suites. But it has to be really funny. It's like the old jesters, how they would just like kill them. They'd be like, if, if if it's good, you get paid millions, you get everything you want. If it's bad, you know, in the morning you wake up, your arms are gone. They're like, I bet you some comedians would still do it. They're like, I'm that confident in my humor that, you know, I say, I think I can make them laugh. But humor is subjective. So at the same time, if, you yeah. know, some people just don't think certain things are funny. Like you ever been to a comedy show and I'm like laughing and like crying and like I look over and like someone's like not laughing and I'm like, did you miss that one? That was pretty funny. So Lauren Boebert. Yeah, we dated for a few years, but it didn't work out. And no, I'm just kidding. That's that's a joke. It didn't happen. But what about her? I don't know. Are you did she pass a bill or something? Did she get in trouble again? I don't know what happened. Um, someone said beanie condoms. Disgusting. Disgusting. Disavowed. Don't go there. This is a family show, allegedly. Uh, appreciate you guys. God bless you. Have a beautiful day. And uh, someone said anomalies hats have saved. Is that a million lives or 10 million lives? Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. I, you know, that's not, it's probably not true. But if you use COVID logic, it could have allegedly possibly could have. Listen, I'm not a big fan of hats because I have big, beautiful orange hair and all the girls i go with say oh 
Donald, your hair is big and beautiful and orange, and it reminds me of the sun. And I say, but does the sun own Trump Tower? And they go, no. And I go, so who's your daddy? Anyway, you know, me, Donald J. Trump, I don't wear a lot of hats because I have big, beautiful, really, really big and really the most beautiful in the world orange hair. But, however, if I was to wear a hat, some say Anomalies hats have saved more lives. Uh, it's 15 to 100 million lives. I've heard that without Anomalies hats, the Spanish flu of 1918 would come back. And everybody knows the Spanish flu killed a billion, trillion, bazillion, gajillion people. And my vaccine saved the planet. And also Anomalies hats are really cool and saved the world from the Spanish flu. Thanks, Don. Appreciate you, man, dude. I did. I never thought. I never thought of all people that you would. Uh, you would like my hat, but I really do appreciate it. It's made in America, not China. China. You know who runs the media? China. You know who is gonna destroy America? China. China made the Wuhan flu. It's not the Spanish flu. It's the Wuhan flu. It was made by China. I'm gonna completely ignore. The fact that our scientists were in that lab and Fauci's a piece of garbage. I give him a medal. He's my friend. He's my friend, but he's not my friend. Fauci's my best friend, but I hate him, but I love him, but I hate him. But he can't even throw a baseball, but he really can throw a medal. But I would let him throw my toupee back on my head. It's like, <laughs> you're like, all right, dude. DreamRare.com. Relax, Don. DreamRare. You get yourself a hat there. You get yourself a sweatshirt. God is great sweatshirt made in America, high level stuff. Keep yourself warm on, on Air Force 10,000 or whatever plane they got you or, you know, helicopter. You get to fly around with all the Republican influencers that are totally not compromised and, you know, sell your books or whatever. They're like, I just hung out with Donald Trump. And also he has a new book for $112. And I, I literally saw that one time. Dude, Trump is hilarious. Trump got all these right-wing influencers to hang out with him and he did shit for him, right? He like brings like 20 influencers, whatever. He goes, you know, come to daddy Trump. We all take pictures. And of course everybody wants to do it. And then they all, it's like almost like Trump made them post a, like a post uh, an ad for his new book that was like a hundred dollars or something and like they all did it they're like look at my picture of me and trump and everyone's like oh that's awesome and they're like and he's got a new book and he's got a new book and i'm like oh dude trump's like okay dummies go to post the picture give me my book <laughs> it's genius i love it but like he brought him to sell his book and like you know traded traded access for like an ad which is smart nothing wrong with that um but it was just funny because like the book it had like a few quotes and like the first one was Don Jr. And it was like, you know, this book is really cool. Don Jr. Like, <laughs> it's just like such a funny concept. You're like, it was, I think it was like quotes from Trump or something. Like, let me look up the book, dude. Trump is really funny. All right. Trump book quotes. What's the book called? Uh, not the wisdom. What, right? Trump, Trump new book. It's like celebrities just complimenting him. What's it called? Oh, Trump publishing letters. It's called New Trump Book Features Letters from Foreign Leaders to Celeb. Dude, Trump is the funniest. What's the name of the book? Darn it. Hold on. I got to find this. This is so funny. Uh, dude, Trump is like top tier comedian. He's just not really who people think he is, but it's fine. Let me see. Oh, letters to Trump. Okay, let, let me see. Letters to Trump. The, the guy puts out a whole book of just nice things that people said to him, dude. It's the funniest thing. He's like, all, 
all of these celebrities, they act like they hate me, but here's the book of them being really, really nice to me. $89. $99. Letters to Trump. Oh my gosh. And it's got just a picture of him writing a little letter. Oh my gosh. Before President Donald Trump created one of the most significant political movements in American history, he had already achieved tremendous success as one of America's most prominent real estate moguls and acclaimed media personalities. Letters to Trump reveals part of the incredible private collection of correspondence between President Trump, countless leaders, celebrities. And it, like the if you open the book, like the first like recommendation is by Don Jr. And he's like, this book's really good. My father's really good. And it's like letters to Trump. And he's like, oh, Oprah pretends like she doesn't like me. But here's a letter of Oprah giving me a compliment 35 years ago. Oh, Oprah, awkward. I thought you hated me, but you like me. Rosie O'Donnell, disgusting. But at the same time, she used to compliment me in a letter she wrote to me. She really wanted me. But I, I here's the letter that you can read for $99. <laughs> like can i go in can am i allowed to like peek into this book <clears throat> and like read one of them it's like kim jong-un hey donald very nice man you are i appreciate our friendship please do not bomb me mr donald trump and he's like oh kim jong-un that letter reminds me of a letter i used to get from meryl streep back before the libtards hated me you're like all right we gotta you know it's worth a read. It's definitely like a funny idea for a book. Just a bunch of nice letters that everyone around the world gave to you. <laughs> Dude, I, you know, it's things like that. Does it kind of make you like miss Trump when he was in his prime? You just wake up. You just wake up and you'd be like, Iran needs to shut their mouth. North Korea. Hey, fatty, slow down. My button's really big and I have big hands. Girls know what that means when you have big hands. Yeah, I'm big there too. And also morning, Joe. Oh yeah, we're friends, but your wife is disgusting. Do you remember how disgusting it was when she got a nose job and her, she was just bleeding profusely out of her nose? Morning, Joe. Do you remember that? Just blood gushing out of her nose job. And I, and like people would be like, yo, this is terrible. And I was like, yo, this is the best day of my life. Like, what are you talking about? This guy's this guy's great. Like, what's wrong? Like, he just started five wars and, and and dissed five journalists. I was like, to be fair, the journalists are ugly, and her nose was bleeding. And he didn't start a war; he stopped a war. His diss stopped the war. You know, he literally said that one time about Morning Joe's wife, like bleeding nose. Let me find it, dude. It's like psychotically hilarious. So, Morning Joe wife nose job Trump. Wow, that's a great Google search. Um, <clears throat> let me see. Uh, Mika said Trump complimented her nose job before. Oh, here it is. Let me see. To Mar-a-Lago, three nights in a row around New Year's Eve and insisted on joining me. She was bleeding badly from a facelift. I said, no. I heard poorly morning Joe speaks. <laughs> oh, wait, here it is. I <laughs> Dude, Trump is so wild. He said... I heard poorly rated Morning Joe speaks badly of me, parentheses, don't watch anymore. Then how come low IQ Crazy Mika, along with Psycho Joe, came to Mar-a-Lago three nights in a row around New Year's Eve and insisted on joining me? She was bleeding badly from a facelift. I said, no. It's like, okay. <laughs> He's just like bleed. She Remember when you were bleeding at Mar-a-Lago, you gross disgustos? 
they're like, dude, chill out, dude. We just criticized you on MSNBC. It's like, think twice before you criticize me because your face was bleeding and it was gross. And, you know, everyone was like, ew, look at your gross bleeding facelift. Have some respect. Come, 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 come back when you fix your gross bleeding face. Why, why bleed all over my expensive food when you could have just fixed your face and healed and came again? Ew, gross. They said, oh, can I come, Trump? And I said, ew, bleeding Mika, crazy low IQ, bleeding facelift Mika. Come to Mar-a-Lago bleeding like that? No, of course not. Wait till it's done bleeding, you weird. <laughs> but you, but didn't you want to come? Remember, I have the texts. Remember, and they're like, all right, dude. Sorry, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't, dude. I didn't mean to criticize the, the first step, step back, dude. You're totally right. My bad. Like, those are the days I miss. You know, some people are like, "That was too much." That's really all. I miss that. I miss that. I miss him hanging out with Kim Jong Un. I miss him like tweeting funny stuff. Now he's just like, "My vaccine saved the whole planet. I saved a trillion billion lives." And we're going to create Zionist University where no college student can ever criticize Israel. And it's going to be funded by Hamas, Harvard. And it's going to be a free school run by the government. And you're like, I don't know. This shit's not hitting as hard as it was in 2017, you know, but some people still are into it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, And then it's like, we got to build a new city run by the federal government for America. And you're like, uh maybe like maybe maybe that would work really well or maybe it wouldn't and then democrats would get in control of it and it would be like a commie city but who knows keep doing the three-hour live streams now on that note i'm gonna disappoint and leave i'm out when i do long live streams it's really not good for business technically because it's too long to be strategically like sensical I do it for myself. It's a complete self selfish act. I'm having a fun time. I enjoy myself and I think it's funny, but you know, and, and people like it as well, but it's not smart. I should do shorter videos, but sometimes I do shorter videos and then like people don't even see them. So I don't know, you know, you never know, but got to have fun all nighter today. No, I got to do some other stuff. Appreciate you guys. God bless. Enjoy yourself. Have a beautiful day. And you know, don't allow them to turn your heart into stone. Don't allow them to Medusa your heart over the tension, over the divide, over the yelling, uh, you know, and speech laws and Kamala Harris is not going to save you, I promise. So enjoy yourself, be on the lookout and stay blessed. Hey, what's going on, my friends? Just a few ways to stay in touch and support if you'd like to. The first way is dreamrare.com. We have blue beanies, black beanies, pink hats, other colored hats, freedom versus tyranny shirts.